0: Welcome to Encouraging Conversations, Keeping Elgin's Youth Alcohol and Drug Free, a podcast of the Coalition
1: for Safe and Healthy Elgin. Welcome to Encouraging Conversations, where we're keeping Elgin's Youth Alcohol and Drug Free. I'm Pastor Jack Wheatley, the president of a coalition and for a safe and healthy Elgin. I'm joined here today as well as on most po- podcasts here with uh, the drug-free coordinator Gil Feliciano as well as the social media specialist Jared and uh, we have a special guest today for our encouraging conversation about what is the fundamental operating brain trust here at SISHI. What the proven method the proven model of how CCHI does its prevention work of eliminating drug misuse is the um, SPIF model. And what we have today is a, su- a subject matter expert, uh, Tracy Johnson. Just to give a little introduction here Tracy has over 29 years of experience. He has worked closely with states, nonprofits, small businesses, universities, communities, and coalitions, and helping them with community organizing, environmental strategies, strategic planning, substance abuse prevention, and cultural competence. Currently, Mr. Johnson is working with Ohio's Partnership for Success Strategic Prevention Framework and uh, that's a SAMHSA-funded statewide uh, grant supporting 12 rural Appalachian counties and developing coalitions to reduce the opioid crisis. Additionally, Tracy has been the managing partner for TTJ Group LLC since 2013, and if that wasn't a mouthful, we just have Two more things. This is like a threefold blessing here for me because Tracy Johnson also has a special connection to the very genesis and uh, maturation of Sishi. Additionally, which will bear out during this conversation, is that Tracy has a heart for his work. Sure, it helps him pay the bills, but he believes, just as Teddy Roosevelt, that far and away the best prize that life has to offer. Is a chance to work hard at work worth doing. And I'd be remiss if I didn't include a quote uh, from Booker T. Washington here for um, Black History Month. He was the first African-American that visited the White House during Teddy Roosevelt's administration. And this is what he said, and this is what I love about Tracy, and you'll hear this also in conversation. He believes this with all his heart. If you want to lift yourself up, lift someone else up. So without further ado, Tracy, hey, who are you and what do you bring to the table?
0: Well, hey, Pastor, it is uh, welcoming to be here, Pastor Jack. I I am excited to be a part of encouraging conversations. And the unique thing about being a part of this today is that it provides uh, an opportunity for to always come back to where I once began prevention work. For communities outside of my normal work is with the city of Elgin and the, and the, and the county that we're working in. And so I'm so excited. I yield from a small town in Illinois called Freeport, which is about uh, 20 miles west of, of Rockford, Illinois. And uh, that's where I got my first coalition nose rubbed and learned how to do some of the work around coalition work within my own hometown. Uh, back in 1998, uh, and did that for as a coordinator for four and a half years. Went to work for SAMHSA, was excited about the work at SAMHSA, Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration, which is your government money at work that you should, you should always know about it. For those of you who do not know SAMHSA, I encourage you to write down this website, S-A-M-H-S-A. Because that's your dollars, your tax dollars, Opportunity to learn about substance abuse prevention, learn about mental health promotion and prevention, learn about treatment services. And that's where I was able to work there for 10 and a half years before I went to start my own company and want to give back. And that's when I got connected with TC and, and really was part of their, their transition, if you will. Uh, and they have you have done you all have done exceptionally well uh, since 2012. 2013, since I started beginning that process, and to see where you are today uh, really shows that you all are dedicated to the young folks. And young folks, this is really important for you to understand, and as parents, for you to understand, TC uh, can't do it alone. And if you don't know about them, learn about them. Sign up. Be a part of them. Be a part of the coalition GC movement, because it'll be exciting, it'll be rewarding, and it'll be truly engaging.
1: Excellent. Well, Tracy, we're just tickled pink here. Uh, I guess that's maybe an older uh, colloquialism to use tickled pink. I don't think anybody gets tickled pink anymore, especially when it's this cold outside. But um, uh, we are a coalition, as we kind of explained last month, and it's a group of people getting together and they have a goal and a purpose. And Tracy. Uh, we use the SPIF model, that's like a, a mandate by so it's a very smart thing, but what is SPF, how does it position an organization to work smartly?
0: Well, the unique thing about the, the uh, as you called it, Pastor Jack, SPF, Strategic Prevention Framework, but we shorten it for SPF a lot, but it is, the, it is actually the key document that really brings together Uh, community development, community engagement, and developing a true process of communities to really know the direction in which they want to take to do effective, uh, really effective work as it relates to prevention. And many times and in many ways, um, a lot of the work that we do in prevention sometimes gets caught up in terms of. What should we do? How do we do it? And what's really, really effective in what we do? And so the strategic prevention framework, uh, it, it provides that, that, that strong opportunity uh, for communities to really focus on uh, effective strategies around prevention. And everybody at every level can play a critical role, because really the, the strategic prevention framework, or SPF, as you call it, is the change process happens at the community level. It happens at the community level and this focuses of implementation are wrapped around four critical areas the key is what does the data say so we have to collect not only that data that we get from institutions around our community and from organizations like the police department the hospital or from the justice department the juvenile justice in Austin. that data is important but we also need to do just the collection of data of having surveys and focus groups and town hall meetings, because those combinations of really good data is one of the key four areas of the strategic prevention framework. You got to know what the problem is. Then you got to ask the question who's here around this table to help us deal with this data, to impact this data, and who's not here? Because then we know that this cannot be done alone. And what I like about Chi Chi is that you all have a wonderful collection of stakeholders that meet collectively around the table uh, to talk about you know, ways that they can do to reduce substance use and prevent young folks from really starting that onset of, of, uh, of use of, of substances. The third piece of this uh, the SPF, it's about partners that the key thing is having law enforcement, school districts, community-based agencies, faith-based agencies, young people like yourselves who are watching this or listening to this. That's important because you got to have them from the very beginning. And then finally, the fourth biggest piece of the spiff is that you got to plan out the process before you even think about implementing. So that's a, that gives you a nice sort of structure, if you will, on what the strategic prevention framework is about so I heard
2: that was a lot there and I thank you for that you know I've heard it been called by its mnemonic apple cherry pie assessment capacity building planning implementation and evaluation so after you explain that and kind of what we try to do a CC we try to do how does an organization organization begin to employ spiff in real life
0: Sure, that's an, awesome, that's an awesome question. And, and I think one of, the, one of the most important ways that you do it is that we know that well, operationalizing or making it happen really depends upon our ability uh, for, to really begin to, uh, A, bring partners together to say, hey, let's bring this to life. If we believe that there's a problem in a certain part of what you all have done in Elgin, and the surrounding community is that, let's see what the what the information is about what is the problem. And so you bring together people who can help get that kind of information about what does the data say about the problem. You don't want to always sit around and say, I think I know the problem. Oh, hey, two or three kids from my neighborhood, I see them doing this, so this must be the problem. And those are important pieces, but that's not everything. So we need to be able to first the first thing to do to bring it to life is to really get key partners around the table who knows other folks who have the data and bring that data to the coalition and they can sort of go through it and sort of spice through it and figure out what's the most important data that the coalition can work on and really focus in on to really be effective at what they need to do. Because you could do a lot of different things as a coalition. And you could be shooting you could be shooting all over the place like a buckshot gun, where bullets just fly all over the place. But we don't want that. What we want is that we want solid, effective prevention strategies based upon what we know is the problem. And that's what data helps us do. It helps us to define the true problems in the Elgin community and the Elgin surrounding area to really make sure we know what the problem is, and then we can, as a coalition, as Chi we can identify what that problem is. And then we have to say to our question, okay, if we found some, these three things, maybe there's a, use, a high use of marijuana, maybe there's a high use of opioids, and then maybe there's a high use of alcohol by certain age populations for each one of those areas. If the data shows that, not just because we think, that's because we see, But from the data and from the meetings and the town halls that we had, these three come about. Now we have to ask ourselves the question, not what are we going to do about it? We ask the question, who is going to help us really focus on these problems? Who is missing? Who do we already have, but who else is missing? Who who are we missing around the table? And that's what Chichi has done so well, and that's what we call building capacity. Who else do we bring to the table to help us really focus on this on this concern and really engage these. That's why law enforcement is important and you have them at the table. That's why community-based agencies, treatment organizations, businesses, that's why nonprofit and mental health organizations are all at the table because they need to be a part of the solution. That's why these young folks are at the table and not just one as a token young person, but multiple groups of young people. So they know what the problem is and they really help tell their friends In telling them that's building capacity. Once we really understand what the problem is and who's at the table and who else we need to bring to the table and who we invite to come to Chi, our next biggest thing is just the plan. And I know some people don't like to plan. I love planning. Planning is a great thing because if you don't plan, you you plan to fail. So you've gotta be able to really set up a plan process to say what are gonna be our goals, what's going to be our mission, and what steps are we going to do to attack the problems as we found in our data that we were able to do, so we can be really precision about it. I tell people every day, I said, when you go to the physician, the physician, before he or she sees you, he asks you to go see the phlebotomist, the x-ray technician, several other people within the hospital, professional setting, before you even get a chance to go see him or her, and then once he brings those people to the table and they get the information about you as a patient. Then he can then identify or she can identify what are some of the things that she needs to do to really impact your health. Well, folks, we are the physicians of the community. It's our responsibility, just like the physicians do with our own individual health. We have to be the physicians of our community to really impact that. And so the only way we can do that is that physician has to set a plan for me. And say, Tracy, you need to walk 10 times a day. Tracy, you need to drink a lot of water. Tracy, da, da, da. So doing that plan is important Then it's up to Tracy to implement that plan. So it's up to chi she once they have the plan, is to really start incorporating and implementing that plan in place. And that's, why, that's how you operationalize that plan. And you operationalize it by then saying, oh, when, when I go back to see my physician, Tracy, let's let's evaluate what you've done in these last six months to a year. Have you done this? So with Chichi, when we implement our action plans, we evaluate our plan and say, Chichi, what have you done? Has it been effective? Is it working? Does it? Well, do, we need to, do, we, do we need to make adjustments? So really operationalizing that is really really important, and that really makes sure because at each step of this framework or the SPIP, as we call it. The unique thing about the spiff is that it has to be something that we sustain things that are working. That's important at every level of that of the of the framework of the spiff We have to make sure that we sustain the things that are working, and secondly, we have to make sure that we're culturally engaged uh, at each level of the of the of the framework to ensure that we're operationalizing or making the spiff become alive in the city and the region around Elgin. That's how you do it.
2: Thank you. Um, I just want one follow-up here is what I really noticed was this is a very team effort, if you would say, right? I mean, it seems like you really no, not one person can do this on their own. It takes a team. Even somebody in the community could help if they really felt like it, right? I mean, that's what I kind of get out of this too is just it really is a team effort into getting these things accomplished.
0: Yes, it's, it's truly, I mean, one of the biggest things, that I, that what I like about it about the SPIF is that it, it has now taken prevention away from just one agency, you know, taking it away from the agency to say this is our job and only we can do it. It now in, in, incorporates and engages community folks and community partners and community individuals to all take a collective, in, a collective involvement in really having a substantive change in our community. You know, because what happens many times is that when we when we have done the strategic prevention framework, we we, before the strategic prevention framework became alive and became an actual process. We were doing things all by ourselves as, as if it was our problem and only us can deal with it with our only limited, very limited resources. But the strategic prevention framework has become a tool not just for communities, but even right there in our state of Illinois. They're using the strategic prevention framework as a way of what they're doing at the state level, mimicking what communities are supposed to do as it relates to at the community level. So it involves everybody and every person And this level. What I like about what CHI-CHI has done is that they've been able to pull together and continue to pull together uh, key partners and individuals to this process because the key to this process is you're not an island by itself all alone, and that you have to engage yourself with the community. When we're going to do good prevention work with our young folks, we can't just expect that our young folks only comes to your agency, or young folks only come to your agency, and that's it. We have to engage ourselves and make sure that wherever our young folks go, that we have developed the marketing and media and sort of community norm that everybody attaches themselves to that community norm. Does that make sense?
1: It does, Tracy. I, I, what I hear from you is that everyone in the community has a part to play in a coalition, and that what the coalition is is a we want a, a diverse set of perspectives. And what we, what we hear, and even from last, um, our last podcast, was that SAMHSA, the, the federal government, has mandated and asked that there be 12 separate sectors in a community that take part in uh, the prevention work. And so uh, that is parents, youth, these different community partners, businesses, nonprofits, and these diverse perspectives um, then provide a clear picture and a clear uh, understanding of uh, not only what is the information, right? Like a government, state and local governments are very integral, as, as well as a school district, to get the information, the, the tangible Uh, stats that say hey what is the current picture and we get that and then from getting that picture and then we say whoa uh, what we have as a goal or mission is we'd like to transform what currently is into a better ideal and that's where when we assess what is we can move to what we'd like it to be and then that's where the the planning uh, really is uh, important, is, is hearing what steps will we take. And the strategic uh, 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 prevention framework is, is, is a methodology that allows us to find uh, key um, action items. That's another thing that we'll hear a lot about in future podcasts is that we have an action plan with action items that then allows us to then evaluate if we have success and is is, is that really kind of what enables that what we call the spiff model strategic prevention framework to be superior than other methodologies
0: yeah and i think one of the best parts about the framework and the spiff framework is that it's cyclical in other words You know, once you do it and start doing it, you can always go back and make adjustments and say things that we need to do more of. We found out this method didn't work. But having those 12 sectors is based upon some really good evidence from the University of Washington Social Development Center that said that at minimum, here are the key people that need to be at the table to really impact behavior change in a positive way around negative issues like substance abuse prevention or negative issues like substance abuse, violence, uh, and those kinds of things that can impact communities. And if these sectors are missing in a community strategy and in implementation, what happens is those sectors then will not be involved. And so we know that people in our communities are touched in a good way or a negative way by these 12 sectors in one method or another. If it's civic or volunteers who's doing something in our community, if it's religious or fraternal groups that's doing something in our community, if it's youth serving organization that's doing some positive stuff in our community, it's the youth themselves that are doing and looking for positive things and being a part of it. So each sector plays a critical role in impacting real behavior change in our community. One great example that we've seen is tobacco use. When those sectors were involved at all levels, simultaneously or at the same time, Today, where you could smoke anywhere, there's some places you can't even smoke in parks anymore. And so we've seen substantive change even today. One of the greatest things about the spirit, it's really like, to, it's really a useful tool that really changes behaviors in a positive way so it can bring about health and wellness in a very positive way. We're doing it today when you, leave, when you leave your place and go to another place with COVID. That's public health, and it's wellness, and everybody can play a role in this. All 12 sectors play a role in this. We all can play a role in this if we do what the strategy is and that we are expecting to see change happen. And so we've done it with seat belts, we've done it with tobacco, we're doing it with texting and driving, We've done it with so many negative behaviors, and that's one of the greatest things about it is that we can really impact it as a coalition to impact our community, to change its community norms and a certain negative behavior change.
1: Thank you, Tracy. I love that call to action for, for anyone listening here. What uh, Tracy has said is that SISHI can't do it alone. Maybe they've had some success in the past, but we sure need help for the future and it doesn't matter if you're a business person if you're in the health field if you are a uh, nonprofit, nonprofit, a faith uh, leader if you are involved in the school system hey if you're a parent you can be involved and if you are in the youth you can be evolved, involved involved uh, law enforcement you know they They've been getting hit, hit hard here in the last couple months or even the last couple years, but what we say is they are an integral part of what we do here, and we need every team participant to be a part. So uh, feel free to, to join SISHI uh, any second Wednesday of the month. We, we have a um, website, uh, cshelgin.org. So that's CCEgin.org. and uh, you can be a part and help us work through this strategic framework, which is a, a, a working, living process that makes sure that what is in, when is involved in uh, prevention work, that we're doing it intelligently. We're doing it accurately. And we're doing it in a way that can have tangible results in reducing the drug misuse in Elgin. So we're, we're just about out of time, Tracy, but uh, we heard your passion of the subject. We heard your just cohesive understanding of what SPF is. And is there any last uh, words of encouragement for Sishi uh, or for the um, city of Elgin as a whole and anybody that might be listening?
0: there's one, one or two things I want to leave you with is that what's really important about chi and you all embodied this, I call it the five Ps of good coalition work and that you have to have the passion and I see it every time I have a chance to meet with the members and so they engage themselves collectively in that. The other has you have to have a presence in the community and chi definitely has a presence in that community and continues to do so. Then you have to have prestige in the community and that's really important. Not only do you have a presence, but people believe in you and know that when they call on CHC, they do good work. And you got to have the people. And that's important because you've got to have folks that are behind and supporting and doing the work uh, doing the work as well as supporting the work and supporting the work of the CHC group. And then, fifthly, you got to have that process. you got to have both that organizational process and you got to have that programmatic process. And I see it through the coalition of CHC, and I found that to be somewhat effective in all the other coalitions that I've been fortunate to work with around the country. And so I congratulate you all, but I encourage your listeners, if they're not involved with CHEESE, they need to get in touch with CHEESE and become a member of powerful, solid movement of wellness as well as substance abuse prevention. Wellness as much as substance abuse prevention. And that's critical about Chishi.
1: We They do it all. Thank you, Tracy Johnson, for joining us today. Um, I'm looking forward to our next podcast where we'll have another encouraging conversation.
0: Thank you for listening and helping us keep Elgin's youth alcohol and drug free. Please visit our website at cshelgin.org.